Accelerating Careers in Real Estate with Nick Carman. Brought to you by McDonald & Company. Welcome back to the Accelerating Careers in Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Nick Carman. Although today we have got something a little different in store. I am hanging up my hosting responsibilities and handing over to three incredibly inspiring apprentices who have recently joined the industry. So without further ado, I will hand over the reins now to Peter, Max and Rebecca. Thanks very much for tuning in. Okay, so I'm, I'm always really interested to find out from my peers what, what kind of interests them about the industry that we're in. So Rebecca, if it's okay, I just want to start by asking yourself, um, what's your appeal of, of real estate? Hi guys, uh, my name's Rebecca Igamidede. Um, I work as the development apprentice from Latimer, which is the development arm of the UK's largest housing association, Clarion Housing Group. Um, I've worked for Latimer for about two years and a month and... Yeah. So with regards to real estate, um, what got me interested was that at the back end of secondary school, I basically stumbled across like, you know, the cliche book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that sort of sparked my fascination in cash flow and acquiring assets. Um, I used to read books on raising joint venture finance and utilizing other people's money. And I guess I was kind of hooked from that point forward. Um, I knew that I was going into real estate regardless at some point in my life. So roundabout when I reached the the end of sick form, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And doing quite maths related subjects like physics, further maths and ordinary maths, um, you'd think like the natural progression would go towards engineering. But I watched a few videos and I realized I have no fascination in combustion engines I thought that that career was pretty much a dead end for me so I conducted some research came across an article for a civil engineer that was building a bridge in like a remote country in Africa so it kind of spoke to me with regards to having a higher purpose that's bigger than just myself social value and I did some work experience with Academy Consulting for about two weeks and yeah that kind of sealed the deal for me. Thanks very much Rebecca really interesting to hear um, how you've kind of come into the real estate industry and what what appealed you about the industry. Max if it's right just gonna ask the same sort of similar what's your appeal been um, for, for, for real estate? Okay yeah great uh, hello I'm Max Andrews uh, I'm a apprentice surveyor in the industrial and logistics agency team at Averson Young in Birmingham. What appealed to me with the industry was similar to, to Rebecca in the sense of through my younger schooling life, I'd, I'd sort of known about or come across property and I'd had done some work experience. But what really brought me into the industry was firstly, the work is very much tangible. So you can see, you can feel and you can you can really see the impact of the work around you. Obviously, anything from development all the way to uh, the repurposing and reusing of buildings is, is very much live and buildings have a real impact on people. But also, I, I grew up working in the hospitality sector and it's a very social work and a social business. And real estate out of all the sort of other professional firms and professional industries really appealed to me as one of those industries that, that has that same level of camaraderie around people, but also social aspects and the industry itself uh, really appealed to me. So Peter, um, let me return the favour to you. Why did you get into real estate and why did it appeal to you? 
Yeah, so uh, first of all, um, thank you, uh, Nick, for giving us this opportunity. Really, really good to, to be on this um, kind of platform. Um, so my name is Peter Joaki. I'm uh, an apprentice project manager on the degree apprenticeship uh, pathway with a company called Arcadis, coming into my third year now um, with the business. Um, so in terms of that question, what was my appeal of, of real estate? It's one of those industries, I think, that most people don't really aspire to go into when you're in school. So for me, I didn't really kind of know what real estate was when I was in school. It wasn't until I did um, a bit of um, sort of work experience with a local estate agency. And I think that for me then sparked that initial interest in the world of kind of property and construction. You know, you sort of meet your local developers who talk about the sort of things that they want to do and, and how they want to transform the different spaces that are available. And I guess because real estate is one of those things that, as you said, Max, is really tangible and it's in every part of our lives. I think we all benefit from the output of, of real estate and construction. So for me, that was the initial spark going down that kind of estate agency route and being interested in the transactional piece, but then broadening that into, into the world of construction, which I'm, which I'm now in. So that was my initial appeal uh, of real estate. So being young individuals within the property industry, Max, could I ask you, you know, what can you offer your team or the wider industry? Yes, yeah, certainly. I think for me personally, what I've brought to my team is, as as I said, I've been in this team for about five years, but what we're in the business, it's very much a fresh look uh, and perspective on the industry. I think as we, we all know, we're all apprentices here. So it's it's very much new to the industry as of recent anyway. Uh, and and that fresh look and perspective on how the industry operates, how it how it works in the 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 public's eye, et cetera, is very is very new, uh, and I think that's a very good fresh look and uh, and doing so. Uh, but also, I think what I've personally brought to the the wider industry is is more so around the the promotion of the industry and promotion of young people in the industry. As a person that's in the RICS matrix, what's the Young Surveyors Networking Group um, for the RICS? Uh, the RSS Matrix, I'm a sort of vice chair there in Birmingham and I've been involved with that for about four years. And that's really important to me is promoting the people around me, but also promoting the industry and promoting how we operate in that industry um, and actually to drive that change and really support the, you know, what who are the future business leaders in the industry. And we're all suffering in the wider industry, certainly the sort of the commercial real estate world of that skill gap. So that plug that skill gap and hopefully bringing forward those skills and promoting that has been a really big part of what I've been trying to do in the industry. Peter, could I ask the same question to you? Yeah, and I think it's it kind of draws upon a little bit of what Max has already shared. I think in terms of what I think I can offer my team or, or the industry, you know, a lot of people talk about, I think outside of your sort of core skills of communication or leadership, a lot of people in our industry talk about diversity and rightfully so. I think as well as, you know, coming from different backgrounds and that sort of thing, that comes with a diversity in thought, which I think is really important for our industry. You know, I think I touched upon earlier that real estate's in all part of our lives and we all benefit um, from the output of, of real estate we all passively kind of engage with real estate and construction i think because it's so broad being able to offer that diversity of thought and being able to sort of represent different people within um within our wider society is really important so from my perspective i think it's it's that it's that diversity of thought um that i can offer to to, to the industry so sort of uh, asking the same sort of question to yourself, Rebecca, really interested as well to know what do you think, you know, what, what do you think you're bringing to, to the industry? I feel like I'm, I'm interviewing you for, for a job, but <laughs> I guess it's kind of <laughs> just want to just want to understand from your perspective as well. Like what, do, what do you think you're bringing to your team and the industry? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say the same as both of you. 
just to repeat it, like, you know, bringing a fresh perspective. I, I genuinely think that apprentices, like, you know, we see all. So it's one of those things that as part of my apprenticeship, I'm doing rotations. So making my way around different teams and it's surrounding the same project allows me to see like a new perspective and hopefully bring that to, you know, the the finishing product I'd say it's one of the fewer time well one of the fewest times in your career where you get to like rotate within a business picking up different skills and tricks so one thing that I would bring is that I guess I understand every individual's role slightly better than I did yesterday and that that kind of helps you incorporate that into different components of a project like just last week I was in the estate management team learning about refuse space (laughs) I'd say too much about refuse space and managing agents but you know it's it's a component that's that's vital and often overlooked yeah so that's that's something that I bring to the team the industry new perspective Mm. and hopefully better understanding so it's really interesting to hear all our three perspectives around what we bring to the industry. Uh, but Peter, I've got a bit of a question for yourself. What what do you what do you feel the the next generation, but also people that have been in our footsteps, following in our footsteps, need from the the wider industry and the older generation to to be able to provide that impact? So I think for me, it it kind of comes down a little bit to a question around leadership. Um, And I think for me, I've I've come across different types of leaders um, as I've been working throughout my career, some really, really brilliant, some uh, slightly less brilliant. Um, But I think what what I've been able to learn from that is some of the best leaders that I've worked for and what I think can really benefit our people following in our footsteps are the sort of leaders that are able to find the right balance between kind of letting you crack on and, and move with things and figure things out while still providing that level of support that you need. And it's a really difficult thing to achieve, which I appreciate, but some of the some of the best leaders that I've worked with have been have had that trait where they're kind of able to let you flourish and do the best you can and kind of be in the background to support you when when it's needed. Um, because I think we can always learn from the experience that um, our older generations or the people that are more experienced than us have. And I think it's absolutely vital to our development. So that that leadership style, that kind of balance between letting you get on with it and um, and, and kind of giving you that same level of support has been a really big, big benefit. That's uh, that's really interesting, Peter. So, Rebecca, what, what what's your thoughts on this? I think I, I wholeheartedly agree with Peter, like getting the, the necessary support, but also, you know, letting you run loose a bit. You kind of learn from the experience and, and the mistakes that you make along the way um, and other people's mistakes. But But one thing that I think would be highly beneficial is just for, you know, the older generation in, in my organization, they do it incredibly well which is just just allowing time to be disrupted. Um, I guess it's it's easy in the day to day that, you know, you're working the nine to five and it's incredibly busy. Everything's jam packed. But when a, a junior member just comes up to you and asks a question or or perhaps you have a catch up and you just want to discuss a bit more about their career, ask for some career advice, just being available to, to lend an ear and to also give that guidance as well. I know that one thing that I've learned, well, the many things that I've learned have mainly been from speaking to my colleagues who have always made themselves available 
and have told me, you know, their, their mistakes, some of their aspirations and what they've learned along the way. And that has really, you know, lit a flame in me with regards to my inspiration and some of my ambitions time and time again. And it, and it tends to come from just having the everyday conversations like that you have when you're in the canteen trying to pick up a coffee and some biscuits or, you know, just, just having the, the everyday talks. Definitely. The anecdotal bits that you were just saying there is, is actually really important. It's usually overlooked as well. So I really agree with that. So Max, I guess just bringing the question to you. So for the people that would like to follow in your footsteps, what do you think that they need from the older generation? I think what both yourself and Peter have talked about, Rebecca, is is very similar and have a lot of similarities to probably what I feel as well. So there's a common theme, what what I think is really important for, for the next generation or the older generation of the industry to, to really pick up on. But I think it all comes down to one key word in my personal point of view, and it's trust. Trust is such an important thing. You know, we're all driving to increase and improve the trust in the profession from a from a public eye looking in, but also you know, it needs to start at the, the, the day-to-day level of of the industry as well and how, how that works. Obviously, all the contacts, insights, support and guidance and respons- sort of responsibilities of, of those more senior really needs to be passed on to be able to get to that level of trust. But actually, trusting some of the thoughts, trusting some of those maybe slightly rogue ideas because the new generation will have a new way of looking at things. For example, in my job of, of agency, the days of relying on a signboard and 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 sort of the traditional marketing is 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 not what it is today. You look at all of the big brands, they're all doing very rogue marketing ideas. And us younger generation have lived in that and have breathed it. So trust a bit of trust with the, the younger generation as well. I think that's really important. Yeah, that's definitely vital. So Max, I know I know we all have kind of had different experiences throughout the industry and you've been in the industry for a couple of years as well. So I'm just interested to understand, I guess, um, from your perspective, it'd be good to know what's your kind of brightest and darkest day uh, been so far throughout your time in the industry? Sure. Um, I think it's a difficult question, but it's certainly one I'm sure I'll be able to come up with an answer with. Um, the the darkest, I'll start, start low and end on a high. Uh, it's the darkest will certainly be around probably COVID. We've all experienced that over the year, uh, last two years, and it's affected people very differently. Um, I think as a younger person learning, and as we've talked about all of these different things previously, uh, COVID became such a big issue around the uncertainty of what the future will look like, where we will go, and no one has experienced that before. So we couldn't rely on the experience and the support of, of the old generation because no one had gone through that. So it was very much you're in the, the here and now, and it was it was probably a very interesting time to try and learn and, and go through that process of developing your own personal skills. But it certainly changed the people, the way people work. But it's also, you know, where there is dark times is also uh, bright times, as I say. So I'll try and end on a high. It certainly created an opportunity and a, a reason for me to, to change how I work, but also improve my communication with people, my communication skills. But my brightest, hopefully, in two weeks' time, will be finding out that I've passed my APC. We will see. Um, I'm going to regret saying that if I don't. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, I, th- I think really, actually, one of the brightest times that's already happened is as the first Avison Young apprentice uh, with another apprentice, both uh, graduated at the same time out of university. And that was a real special day. And that was a really bright moment. But also, also launching my own 
sort of small uh, networking venture called Reski as well was was also a very bright time at the end of the week of that skiing skiing networking what's a young professional networking trip in in the Alps the 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 last day of everyone coming up to me and shaking my hand saying well done this has been amazing was was a really bright moment as well so there's been many bright moments and a lot more bright than dark what's amazing just to know that that that's a big part of what the industry is all about that's great thanks max um and good nice plug with the skiing initiative i'll definitely be looking into that separately as well it does sound really good um so i guess Asking yourself as well, Rebecca, within the last couple of years that you've been uh, working with the current organisation you're with, um, what's the darkest and brightest day been been so far? Yes, I've had to think about this one, essentially because my experience in my organisation has been nothing but like, you know, the brightest, amazing individuals, years of experience, expertise, knowledge and skills. And they're all more than willing to pass it down, pass it along. So I, I completely adore Latimer. But one of my darkest days, I would say, it has to do with self-belief and a lot of self-doubt. So so as someone that tends to be like, you know, quite social and an individual that's always striving to learn. Like I've, I've set my standards fairly high. I, I strive for excellence in, in all aspects. But something that always plagues on my mind is that, you know, I'm not doing enough and I could, I could always do a, a piece of work that's given to me. I can always do it better or I should be far ahead in my career. Even though I've only been in property for about two years, I always have that sort of voice in the back of my head that that tells me that I should be far ahead or even further ahead and I should be better at my at my role. I guess I'm I'm still learning my degree on the side so that's um, the construction management degree so having to do my assignments and getting that done whilst working in conjunction is definitely pressing on some of my time management skills and I think across the past two years definitely improved on them but it's still something that I struggle with on a day-to-day but I guess to to end it on a positive note um, I'd say one of my brightest days would be like although I I do battle self-doubt and and all of those components at times, I guess it's starting and incorporating my own business. I I saw it as an opportunity during, I think it was April 2021, saw it as an opportunity to, to start building something that's for myself, that's, I guess, working towards one of my longer term visions and longer term goals. I thought it'd be a good opportunity to get my foot into the property industry. You know, I, I knew it was a done deal when I was reading a, around the the topic and I, I knew that I wanted to build a life around this industry. So when I incorporate the business, the business is called Golden Global Relocations and specialise in short term rentals. So providing accommodation for contractors and medical professionals within the Kent area. And one of my brightest days would be when I acquired my first property down in Canterbury. Mm. Um, that was definitely, I'm, I'm almost smiling just thinking back at the day you know when you have the cliche picture with the keys in your hand (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah that would definitely be it for me
And through that, I met a lot of wonderful individuals that taught me how I should be navigating the field. And I have no doubt there's going to be some great things that come from the business. Well, that's great, uh, Rebecca. And actually, I think everyone suffers from a bit of self-doubt. So please, you know, you, you, you know, you get over that and, and don't ever feel like that's the situation you need to be feeling about. So, Peter, what's your darkest but also brightest, more importantly, days? Yeah, and I, th- I think it kind of touches a little bit on what Rebecca has shared. I think in terms of darkest days, there are those moments where you kind of, because you're really passionate about the job you're doing and, and, and I want to achieve the very best I can there are some times where I feel like I'm not being able to do that and maybe it's because you haven't been given the appropriate guidance or actually it could just be because you're not there yet in terms of having the knowledge and experience that you need um, so it's not a specific criticism to anyone in terms of that I've worked with but sometimes it's just you kind of want to you, you want to you know you want to get ahead so quickly that you want to do the best job possible but it's just understanding and reining it in and being able to go through those those steps so I think definitely the darkest days are where I've had those experiences where I feel like I haven't quite performed the very best I can uh, for one reason or the other. And I think just talking again about what Rebecca said, I think it's a much bigger issue when we're all sort of looking at each other, looking at our peers and looking at all the things that they're able to achieve. You know, for, for example, on social media, if you see people doing all these fantastic things, you kind of feel like oh, I should be doing the same thing. Um, but actually, it's it's being comfortable with yourself and understanding that you're on your own sort of separate journey, um, it, which leads me to, to talking about the brighter days, which are sort of the opposite. Um, the brighter days for me have been when things have just kind of clicked. And that's kind of just come along the way with experience. So it's when I've been given the, uh, the opportunity to lead on things, kind of feel empowered. For me, those are definitely the, the brightest days. And it's something that I think is, is, is quite obvious. It's not a rocket science. Definitely, we're all, you know, we all enjoy it when, when, when things are going well. But, um, but yeah, no, so in terms of my experience, very similar to Rebecca in terms of the darker days where you don't feel like you're quite doing as well as you could be. But the flip side of that is, is when things do work out and you, you give yourself that time. So we've spent a few years in the industry now. I guess from the beginning, from the outset, we we all had our own ambitions. Have they changed much? I think from my perspective, it's it's the overarching ambition of, of I guess, doing the very best that you can and, and being successful, which I know is a very personal and objective kind of word, but that overarching sort of goal of being of, of achieving really good things within the industry hasn't changed so much. But I guess what has changed from my perspective is raising awareness of the opportunities that are available within real estate and construction. So as I said, from my perspective, when I was in school, I didn't really, you know, I didn't know about the world of real estate and construction. It wasn't until I was able to go into a part-time role working with a local agency. And I think for a lot of people that can be the case, you know, unless you've got a family member or unless you come into in, into contact with the industry, it might not be something that you realise is an opportunity. So I think for me, less about myself and my own objectives my 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 ambitions are now also geared towards raising awareness about this industry and also raising awareness about degree apprenticeships so the degree apprenticeship program that I'm on now where my employer is able to fund my degree and I'm able to work alongside that you know making sure that people know that that's another option for you as opposed to going through to the uh, just you know kind of the, the university route so so yeah I suppose as I say the earliest ambitions of of achieving well, those haven't changed so much, but what has changed um, has been definitely the awareness piece and, and being more involved with that. Yeah. So, you know, I guess I did work experience as well, but I just wanted to ask, what would you say is like the key output that you got from your real estate work experience? Like what, what did they have you doing? 
So because it was quite a small company, they kind of had me doing everything from from the kind of from the less glamorous stuff of being in the back office and doing filing to actually going out with one of the agents and and carrying out viewings, going into properties. And that kind of osmosis of just listening to those conversations for me is what sparked that interest in the industry. That sounds wonderful. So, Max, has your earliest ambitions changed as well as you've spent more time in the industry? For me, uh, I think I'm very similar to, to Peter in the, the starting point of, you know, I think everyone that comes into an apprenticeship is all about wanting to soak up and learn and, and, and effectively su- succeed, obviously. But for me, obviously, I also wanted to, to really move, get to the position in my career where once post-APC and post-apprenticeship, uh, I could really start to strive in, in that particular role. From the outset, I always wanted to be... Uh, within the agency world. Um, so to find myself in the industrial agency world where I wanted to be at the start has, has been a great result uh, over that five-year period for me. And it's really wanting to, to start developing my own clients, becoming a really strong member of the team and, and start moving up the effectively the, the positions in the business and, and get to that position where I actually I can make a, a real big impact. And I think originally when I first started, it was all about getting the end goal and, and, and getting that to those positions. Whereas now that impact bit is, is certainly more developed over the last five years. Because at Everson Young, where I am, the, the business has been absolutely amazing. You've given me the right support throughout. I've worked under some really knowledgeable, but also some very personable people. And the business is, is very personable in that sense. So to be able to be at a business that is all about giving you the the, the trust that I talked about earlier, to go and, and, and all the, the tools that come with that um, has been amazing. So for me, the, the only thing that's changed really is actually, I don't want to just be able to, to benefit myself, but I really want to prop up those people below me and really help develop people's careers. And and that's always been part of what I've been doing over the last five years, got more and more involved around, as I said earlier, about the RCS matrix and what that's all about. And it's all about really propping those people up around you and, and certainly people below you and, I already want to do that and hopefully as the years go by I get into positions where I can do that more more fluently and and give that next generation the real big prop up that the industry needs to to really ensure that the industry maintains its its precedent that's already set. That sounds wonderful. So Rebecca let's flip it back to you then has your ambitions changed from the start to, to where you are now? I think they've they've stayed relatively the same, although there are a few shifts in, you know, the long term plan. But from the outset, like after I did my work experience, I guess I, I wanted to be on site. I wanted to get that practical experience to to really be well versed in construction technology. Uh, essentially, I wanted to be I wanted to be in the mud. I wanted to know how a house was constructed all the small details, all the small nooks and crannies. I wanted to learn as much as possible, grab any opportunity that came to me. And same as you, so like make an impact, kind of be an innovator within the industry and also to help other other people, other apprentices or individuals that are looking to go down the apprenticeship route. It hasn't changed in that sense, because I still want to grab opportunities. I still want to learn as much as possible, if not more so. And I still want to make an impact and help others. 
but I would say that now I've I've sort of adopted like a bit of an entrepreneurial mindset and entrepreneurial route. So I want to provide as much value as I can for the Latimer organization where possible. And of course, doing the rotations has helped me almost see all, all the components that make up the business. And hopefully I can pull that back to the team that I spend the remainder of my two years in my apprenticeship with. And yeah, I just hope to push, partake in driving projects along and see what I can pick up along the way. That would be me. Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, listen, to anyone listening in, if, if this hasn't inspired you to bring in an apprentice into your team, I don't know what you've been listening to. But thank you very much for, for listening to the Accelerating Careers uh, in Real Estate pod, usually hosted by, by myself, Nick Carmen. But today, guest hosts, Peter, Rebecca and Max. Thank you again, guys. <laughs>